This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome in to Players Only with Chiefs Radio Network color analyst Danon Hughes. Excellent throw and catch, just gets inside, uses his big body. No answer for number 87. And former NFL linebacker Joe Mays. Mays missed him first. And in typical North Dakota State toughness, Mays got up and stayed with it and got Newton from behind. Players Only, presented by U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are players only and we are here in the studio. This first quarter sponsored by our friends at U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. Yes, we are back. Players only. And we got the diva, Sean (laughs) Barber, in the house. Actually, I guess I shouldn't introduce you as the diva because now Joe Mays is laying out on some sand on a beach in Mexico, chilling out hey, with uh, some margaritas or something like that, and hey. now you're in the studio. Hey, man, you know you don't put post to put people's businesses out there, man. You oh. can't let people know when he's out of town. So, no, no, Joe Mays, is, he's here in town. <laughs> he's at his house. He's there. He's The house is Oops. secure. My bad. Don't be trying to um, infiltrate my man Joe Mays. Doesn't he got the ring or something like that? Oh, so he, he got the compound, it? dog. He, yeah. got, like, he got, like, wolves and panthers and all kind of stuff. You go to his house... <laughs> You better. You might not get out. My bad. So. I was just. I was just it's, testing you. I was yeah, just. I know Joe you Mays linebackers compound. stick together. You know we stick tight. Tightest well, we team. got yes. It's players only again every Thursday night, six to seven p.m. We got Sean Barber in the house, and I am Danon Hughes. We are both former Chiefs, and we have this little roundtable normally with Joe Mays, but we gave him the week off. It's just us two here, chopping it up about the Chiefs, about the NFL. Situations that are on the field, off the field, and we got four quarters to do so. So we appreciate everybody tuning in, listening to players only. So, Barbershop, last week the Chiefs played the Patriots, and we got to talk about it. Yes, all week long, you've heard radio stations and ESPN and Shannon and everybody else recap the best team in the NFL what they did, what they didn't do, and so on. But we got a different perspective. We got an up-close and personal position. You, as a as a analyst on the pregame and postgame show for the Chiefs, Chiefs Rewind, and then the pregame show as well, and then myself being in the broadcast booth with the great Mitch Holtus and Dan Israel to be able to call the action in the game. So not saying that our position or perspective is any better than anybody's but it's more unique than many so with that being said barbershop this last patriots game against the chiefs the way i see it a very disciplined patriots team which is not uncommon it's it's obviously been something that bill belichick has been able to establish just like andy Reid here in kansas city 
may not be as talented as teams in the past. Uh, they had, obviously, a huge blow to the quarterback position with Cam Newton dropping with the COVID diagnosis and then having to go to Brian Hoyer and then also to Jared Stidham. But nevertheless, a solid performance on a Monday night stage that wasn't supposed to be so. And the Chiefs, even though they didn't play their best football offense, defense, special teams, although defense really did a nice job outside of run stopping, the Chiefs still won by two touchdowns, two possessions in this game. So I give a a huge tip of the cap to Andy Reid and what he's been able to accomplish with this organization, especially with the injuries that have been sustained and the shuffling that has gone on in regards to the COVID protocol and adjusting game days and getting out of routines. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in the second quarter. But I thought it was a good win against a very good team, very good organization, and a some people may say it's an ugly win, but an ugly win is better than any loss. Man, I mean – I guess me looking at the game, what I saw was I, I saw the Chiefs' offense pretty much the first quarter go up and down the field uh, and, and settling for field goals once they got, you know, the, the, the drives kind of um, phased out or fizzled out in the red zone. They had to take two field goals early. And then the third drive, another great drive that ended up in the, you know, inside the 20 with the fumble uh, by Sammy Watkins. I mean, that, I think it, I mean, that was almost 200 yards of offense put up in a quarter, mm-hmm. three drives. I mean, pretty much big play, big play. And and so when you look at what, what, what New England was doing on the defensive side of the ball, they were just trying to, like, keep the ball in front of them, keep yeah. the ball in front of them, giving, giving up plays to Kelsey, giving up plays to Tyreek Hill early on, um, allowing uh, the receivers free release. Um, I guess they do that with the expectation of at a halftime, if they can survive and be close at halftime, then they can change the defensive package to be a more aggressive um, um Man, if, if I had a chance to break down the all 22, I think I would see on every route there would be one Patriot defender you could call for illegal chucks downfield. I saw numerous, and when I say numerous, I mean on every pass route, numerous counts of receivers getting chucked, um, getting put down, getting rerouted 15 yards up the field. Oh, and Travis Kelsey was a, a huge a huge recipient of that uh, a double team brackets knocked down and routes and they weren't being called. Not that we're whining about it because we got the win, but what's real is real. Yeah, and and that's something that I think teams do early on to set a. They try to set the like the tempo or set the atmosphere so refs don't call it later on. Mm-hmm. So you feel like you can chuck, you can chuck. Um, if if nothing comes from it, then later in the game the ref thinks, well, if I didn't call it in the first and second quarter, I can't call it in the second half. And you kind of tie the refs' arms kind of behind their backs, and that's something the Patriots they do that to a lot of teams. When they, when when Bill Belichick talks about taking away your best option, he takes away your strength, and he tries to make you beat him like one handed. Um, you know, in in our offense, because we are so multiverse, though we have a lot of uh, different uh, phases of our offense. We can go through Kelsey, we can go through Tyreek, we can go through Sammy Watkins, and now we can also go through the running game with Clyde Solaire. Um, there is no one strength you can take away. Yeah. But what you can do is consistently chuck, reroute, make it a physical game down the field where you're not rerouting guys at the line of scrimmage, but you're doing it later on in the route. And I think that's the thing that made um, Mahomes hesitate on some of his throws True. because if you see a, a receiver being chucked, reroute, put on the ground, then it makes you 
reset and you might go to a different read. And I think that's was one of the things that the it throws Patriots off the do. timing. It definitely throws off the timing, but the refs got to go ahead and call that the right way. Yeah. You, you're not able to reroute and chuck guys after five yards. And unfortunately, the refs missed that call numerous times um, in our ball game. Well, we got the text line and the phone lines open, 913-576-7610. Give us a shout or shoot us a text. We'd love to hear from everybody in the Chiefs' kingdom. But I, I agree, Barbershop, this game was a good game. It was, you know, I always like, you know, every week a lot of Chiefs fans, a lot of people on social media, well, they go high and low. You know, very rarely do you see people just even keeled yeah. through everything. I like to see when great teams don't play great football but still win. Like, to me, that's a testament of, like, every game, you can look through the history of the NFL. You can look through the history of any sport. Not every team is able to be great every single week. But when they're not great, what is produced? How does that unfold? What, what picture is painted when you're not great, when your offense is sputtering along, when your defense is giving up a lot of run yards, when your special teams is not clicking on all cylinders? What does that produce? There have been many years, and I've been a part of some, you were a part of some as players, where when you look up at the scoreboard at the end of the game, the scoreboard was not in our favor when we didn't play our best football. And sometimes, even when we played our best football, the scoreboard was not in our favor. But we have such a special team here that they're able to not click on all cylinders. And this game, to me, also showed how spoiled we can be. We're so used to this uh, Chiefs offense scoring at will, putting up 30-plus points, uh, making teams catch up to them, that at halftime, everybody's like, what's wrong? The game, you know, this team's only scored a couple of touch, a couple of field goals, and thankfully, with a bonehead play by Brian Hoyer, we going up at halftime. But nevertheless, the other team gets paid too. They scout, they prepare. The NFL each and every week. That what's great about the NFL is the parity. Even though you look at the the um, standings at the end of each week or at the end of the season, and you say, "Oh, that team was terrible." That team was terrible, but still, on any given Sunday, that terrible team can beat anybody. We saw that a few years ago with the Chiefs and beating the, the uh, Packers when they came in here uh, after a tragedy with the Chiefs when they had everything to basically just fold up and, 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 and take, their, take the ball and go home. They wind up beating an undefeated Packers team. That happens. So, yes, the Patriots will be making some noise later in the season. They will be a team that will likely be in the playoffs where we may face them again because they are a good team. Regardless if it's Cam Newton at quarterback, Brian Hoyer, or Jared Stidham, they are all professionals, paid well, and they can get the job done. We just made some more plays, and we forced a team that's normally very disciplined, very uh, ball-conscious, take care of the ball very well, and we forced them into four turnovers, three of which were uh, interceptions. Yeah, one, one of the things we do is, man, we, we get after the quarterback. We, yeah. we make the quarterback a little uncomfortable. We make him throw it early, throw it when he's not ready, when he's not doesn't have his feet set. And what that does to a the result of the football is it makes it sail high. 
And you saw our, our DBs took advantage of that numerous times. Juan Thornhill, um, good to see him back clicking, back into his flow. Uh, the one and only is what he calls himself on social media. Um, <laughs> love to see that young man have that swag. He's bringing that two up, two down, that VA swag here to Kansas City. Um, but we love to see guys make plays. And, of course, the landlord, right? The rent was due. He collected the rent. They called him for a P.I. He did. He, he, he shrugged that off. Man, give him the ball on the one-yard line. Give him the ball in the red zone. We'll hold him to a field goal. And then he came back um, later in the game and, and, and got a pick six. So the fact that we got our playmakers all over the field, we got numerous safeties on the field, we got safeties that can play corner. Um, we're getting, obviously, Brashard back. Uh, we're getting healthier. We're getting guys back on the field. And if you look around the league, man, some of these injury lists and some of these inactive lists of some major players on teams is making it even more likely that when you're talking about the the ranking of the NFL, the power ranking, it's very hard to not like the Chiefs. Yeah. Because the Chiefs, they have one of the best quarterbacks. They have a great rushing game. They got a set of all-pro receivers. The defense has been, I think, number two in the league as far as points given up. All these things are going so right for the Chiefs when other teams are facing COVID scares and injury bugs and all these other things, a quarterback position, um, um, inconsistency. Yep. Uh, I mean, it's so many things other teams have to deal with. And here in Kansas City, we just have to go about our day, be who we are, go out and perform. No one has to put on Superman capes and be uh, anything special. Just go out and, and let your God-given ability showcase on that night. And I think that's what makes this team so flexible. Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday night, Saturday. It, it don't matter what day. Just let us know when we got to go play. Let Andy Reid put the game plan together. Pat Mahomes going to execute it defensively. Landlord's going to line everybody up. Chris Jones, uh, Frank the clock is uh, Frank the Tank clock is going to come after him. The shark, he smells blood in the water. <laughs> When you hear that guy talking trash, when he's mic'd up, that is one of the most <laughs> exciting, emotional, entertaining, yep. entertaining pieces of – I mean, in my whole career, I haven't heard anybody that talks it like he does, walks it like he does, and then backs it up. That is the trifecta. And yeah. Frank Clark is bringing it here to Kansas City on that defensive stage each and every Sunday. Embrace it. Enjoy it while it lasts. We've been waiting a long time. We finally got the Super Bowl. Now we got a dynasty in the making. Well, we're done with the first quarter. We see you on the text line and Reggie calling in from Anaheim. We'll get to you in the second quarter after this break. It's 913-576-7610 is the line and we'll be back with players only talking a little bit about the COVID and I want to get into some routine, some inside information that we can provide about our careers and routines and other things that we've heard from other players or experience from other guys and what they do leading up to game day. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio. And we're back. Players Only. Sean Barber, former linebacker with the Chiefs in the house and I am Danon Hughes former wide receiver 6 years here with the Kansas City Chiefs and we have players only each and every week Thursday night 6 to 7 p.m. and we are sponsored by our friends at US Bank whatever your passion US Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit Well, barbershop we lo- uh, we left off last segment this is second quarter we got some text line action uh, from the 816, it's a, it's a testament to a championship team. Instead of finding ways to lose, you find ways to win 
on your bad day. Exactly right. Hit the nail on the head. We've been a part of teams. I remember the 1997-1995 Chiefs, 13-3 and three seasons I was a part of, number one seeds in the playoffs. We couldn't get it done in the postseason. But if you look back, we could have easily been, instead of 13-3, and three, we could have been 9-7. and seven. We, we, we wind up figuring out ways to win at the end of games and finding ways to win instead of lose is key. Also from 816, for, for being the Chiefs, I still don't see those teams beating the Chiefs. That's a key factor. The Chiefs believe, the Chiefs fans believe, and that can be a turning point or a major factor against any opponents. You think about the Chargers. How many times the Chargers have come up short against the Chiefs in past years with Phil Rivers throwing us the ball two or three times in the game and still coming down to a final drive or in the fourth quarter with us having to make a play and they figuring out how not to make the play. Uh, that's a key factor as well. For an 8-1-6, was Monday night another example of a team style being a difficult matchup for Reed's offense? There are people who keep saying this is the blueprint. I just think they're a very talented a uh, very disciplined team. Not many defensive penalties. They had a game plan to not blitz Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes has 20-plus touchdowns and zero interceptions against blitz. So if you have the personnel to rush three and drop eight, rush four and drop seven, cut off the windows, uh, as Barbershop talked about, reroute re- receivers down the field without getting the flags called, that's the recipe. That's the recipe against any offense. I don't care if it's the fastest, the what is it, the greatest team on turf with the Rams. It's against any powerful offense. If you can reroute them down the field, throw their timing off, you can win, especially if you don't have to blitz to get it done. I think the one thing that like listeners and everybody needs to realize is like Andy Reid's record against Bill Belichick lately has been phenomenal. Like yeah. he's been I, I think Bill Belichick's defense has only given up 40 plus points three times in like the last 10 years, and all three of them has been Andy Reid's offense. Mm-hmm. So when you look at game plan against somebody who you constantly, constantly gets the best of, obviously he had to go away from what he used to do. Like, obviously, what I'm doing ain't working against Andy <laughs> Reid. So let me try something, something different. different. Let me try to just drop everybody, reroute things. Let me try something completely out of my, um, my comfort zone and see if that can uh, stifle or – uh, create some hesitation in this offense because the way we have been playing, the Patriot way of defense, ends up with a 40 spot on yeah. the scoreboard. And they've all, even though we put a lot of points up on the board against them, it's always still been close games. So, yeah. I mean, these two teams are have Hall of Fame coaches with Hall of Fame talent, and they play close games. That's pretty much it. We're just going to keep it simple there. So let's go to the phone line. We got Reggie from Anaheim talking about the defense and the defensive backs. Reggie, what's going on? What's going on, bros? How y'all doing, man? Doing good, doing good. Yes, sir. Yo, so, you know, I I wanted to know if y'all could really just talk about in depth about how well – the uh, the secondary, and not only the secondary, but a lot of our, what I like to call the rest of Destiny's Child. Because we know that Tyreek and Holmes and Kelsey and Clyde, they Beyonce. But the rest of Destiny's Child ain't too shabby either. I think if you end up with a Latoya Luckett or Kelly Rowland, you're still winning in the game. You dig know what I'm saying? And yeah. by that, I mean LeJarrius Sneed, fourth-round pick out of Louisiana Tech. I mean... Uh, Traverius Ward, a undrafted uh, practice squad player from Dallas that has turned out to be a phenomenal uh, cornerback. And I mean, um, my man Juan Thornhill, Mike Dana, 
uh, uh, my man Mike Pinnell, you know what I'm saying? Just just a lot of these these role players that really have defined Brett Beach's tenure because anybody can go out and get – like people brag about how well the Raiders draft. Well, hell, if you get 100 first-round picks in the top 10, <laughs> you better hit on them. Hey, but Reggie, got, yeah. Re- Reggie, who's your second-round pick? You said Beyonce's number one. Who's your second-round pick of, of Be- Destiny's Child? Real quick. Oh, uh, it's got to be it's got to be Kelly Rose. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, but because she worked for it, <laughs> she was falling off, and she's like, "No, nah, y'all gonna remember me? I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna stay in the game." You dig what I'm saying? She that's figured out how to Mike step Pinnell. in front, right? Yeah, that's what Mike Pinnell is. <laughs> Mike Pinnell's like, "No, nah, y'all gonna remember me when I get back on this defense." We appreciate your call, Reggie, and you're right. Yep. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's about the the other components of this defense. Let's face it: when Barbershop played. There were stars on the defense, guys that made the Pro Bowl. When I played, I I played with Hall of Famers on the defense, guys that are in the ring of honor. And you need the other complementary guys to step up their game. And Barbershop was talking about it before we got on air about how the young guys are playing like veterans and how Tyron Matthew being the coach on the field is the one that's kind of the – the orchestrator of everything. He has instilled a confidence in a lot of the young guys that they don't even really know how to mess up. You know what I mean? It's one of those deals where we've seen it in the past where guys are taking down receivers down the field, getting pass interferences, defensive holdings, just because of their confidence or lack of confidence, not looking back at the ball. And now you're seeing guys not make those same uh uh, issues and Reg, man, like man, like, man, you, you make me feel like you a brother from another mother, dog. Like, like <laughs> you just took me, you t- went down to Beyonce Road with Kelly Rowling with Beyonce, and even brought Latoya Luck in. She, she wasn't even in the group. Man, the Beehive is on fire right now. We going we getting calls from the Beehive now. You know, when you, when you mentioned Beyonce, man, the Beehive get live on the <laughs> social media. But man, Coach Coach Spag's defense is something that's made for young guys who are athletic. If you got mirror ability, you got foot discipline, you got eye discipline. If you can understand concepts of pass defense and you understand what it means to have leverage on the receiver and you have to use your leverage to, and you have to understand where your help is because nobody is going to be able to play uh, D-hop one-on-one, Michael Thomas one-on-one, Mike Evans one There are, there are so, some great receivers in the NFL that if you try to line up a guy just one-on-one and, and think you can go zero coverage and he's going to be able to hold his own, you're fooling yourself. So, Coach Beck, understand, like, it's a team concept. It's a team concept. I, we don't have to leave guys on islands out here. Just because you hear about Revis Allen and Deion Sanders and primetime, all these great cornerbacks that can lock down a side, okay. That's great for that team because they didn't have other cornerbacks. They want to lock down a side. But when you have equally balanced talent across the board and you have safeties that can play like corners, we see Juan Thornhill move. We know Sorensen is a lot can lock down tight ends and cover backs up the backfield. He's a, he's always in position to make a great play, a great tackle on open field. I um, mean, always plays with with the proper leverage on the ball, and that is something you get young guys to buy into. And it's easy to see young guys playing uh, um, past their years, beyond yeah. their years. They're playing and making plays. Like if you told me Fenton and Brashard Breland were 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 were, were interchanged in the first couple of weeks. I could believe – to me, Fenton is making the same plays this year in the first four weeks that I saw Brashard end the season the last four weeks. 
And so we we not it's no placeholders on this defense. You got to be able to come in, make plays, and, and and man, we love Breezy. Breezy has been able to be a, 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 a high level interception talent. In, the, in, the, in the Super Bowl. I and mean, what more would you like? Playmakers across the board, but he's now a part of a team defense where I wouldn't be surprised to see Bashar Breeland being a gunner, starting off covering punts, covering kickoff. Like 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 just because you back, you still got to get your reps up. To be able to perform on a on a down by down for forty snaps a game. Great point, barbershop. Because a lot of fans may not know when you are suspended, you cannot be there. Like yeah, you, you can't be around. You can't practice. So you basically these weeks, these four weeks, even though you went through three or four weeks of training camp, off season workouts, etc., you have been eliminated from basically everything except watching this team. On, on TV like a general fan, and now you're thrown back in there, and people expect him to be thrust right into a starting lineup. Yeah, and we and we see on social media, Breezy, uh, Ladarius Snee, all those guys, all the guys that have been on injury, uh, even uh, Sack Nation, when our team went 4-0, you, you would have believed they're out there with him. Hey, my brothers, you know, that's the way to hold up. And then you see uh, Breezy talking about, I'm, I'm back, 4-0, I'm back. So that's the kind of the team mentality. It's a family. And we talk about in the locker room at the Chiefs Stadium, man. You look in the locker room, it's a, it's a big sign to say, you enter as teammates, but you leave as family. And that's the kind of atmosphere and that's the kind of environment that Coach Spagnola, um, Eric Bieniemy, Coach Reed, um, Coach Tobes, all three phases are being taught Man, you got to have each other's back. And when somebody goes down, next man up, we don't have – there is no learning curve. This is the NFL. You were brought here to do a job and play up to a certain position, a certain level, um, and you're expected to do that and play at that high level. Good doesn't keep you from being great. Great doesn't keep you from being elite. And we got guys that are playing way, way above what everybody in the rest of the league thought they could play. Absolutely. It's about the next guy stepping up. And normally you see around the league and with some really bad teams as well, whether it's at the quarterback position or other positions, guys just filling in. And now we're seeing guys who are stepping up, making plays. There's a difference between making a tackle and and having a pass defended versus making an interception and making a big play or a strip sack or something. We saw that from Taco Charlton. Yeah. He's in there. Why? Because Chris Jones is not in there. Uh, you know, Rashad Fenton has an interception, only has one play basically made against him in the game against Nikhil Harry. You tip your cap for that, but he locked them down the rest of the game and had an interception to basically seal the victory. Those are guys making plays, not just filling spots. We got the text line active from the 913. The Badgers, the QB on the defense, no doubt. KC building a young secondary. You look at this secondary, the fact that we have the action from the corners, the guys on the on the island, and we don't have huge money being paid like $99 million, like we saw Marlon Humphrey get with, justifiably so, with the Baltimore Ravens. You got young drafted talent still on drafted uh, contracts making plays, coaching up the young kids and they're earning it on the field. Absolutely. So, yeah, the Chiefs are in a good position right now, even with guys uh, part of the mass unit still injured, still making it back. The question mark with Chris Jones coming back for this week, um, still some question marks. And I like the fact, and I don't know if you are the same way, Barbershop, but I like the fact that this Chiefs team is not playing its best football but still winning football games because who would want a team that's playing their absolute best football in week four 
No, you don't. You got to rise to the occasion. And we know that the games matter late in December, January, and then obviously when you get to the postseason because it's, you know, it's like you lose, you go home. So you got to be um, definitely, um, uh, you know, peaking at the right time of the season. We see a team that goes in the playoffs hot. You want to start that winning streak late. Beyond yep. week 10, you know, week 11, you want to start Just off. Just like we did last year. Just start off like we did last year. And right now we're on a, I guess, a 13-game winning streak if you go into the postseason and all the wins last year. Over 300 days of non-losing football for the Chiefs. 300 yeah. calendar days. It, it, the amazing thing about that, I think, that if you ask any team, any player in the locker room, they have no idea. Yeah. Because they come to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday implementing a game plan going about their job, trying to detail their work, how to get better, how to be a better player at my position so that we can be a better team. And then we go out and execute. Yep. And the one thing you see from Pat, the leadership is about we got to do what we do. It's, all, it's, not, it's not about changing anything and morphing anything, doing something outside of our comfort zone. We are coached up to be a winning football team. All we got to do is make the plays we've been put in place to, to make. And, in, and right in every post-game interview with Andy Reid, he always says if there was ever a slow start to a game or an inability to put the ball in the end zone, the first person he holds accountable is himself. Yeah. And that allows players so much confidence to, freedom to, go out, too. to go out and just give you all, make plays, knowing your coach ain't going to throw you under the bus. Hats off to Coach Andy Reid, Coach Spags, Coach Tobes, and Coach Bienemy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're at halftime. Players only. Barbershop in the house. Sean Barber and I don't, am Dana Don't get Hughes. sacked, Dana. Don't get sacked. We ain't got no timeouts left. Don't get we sacked. We don't got no sack. Yeah, don't get sacked like Brian Hoyer. <laughs> you know, you ain't got no timeouts left. You better be on the same page. Barbershop and I are on the same page. We're coming upon halftime. This is players only. When we come back, we are going to tackle some adjustments to the schedule based okay. on COVID. And I want to talk about some routines. I think there's some fans out there that want to know about our routines, players' routines as you lead up to the game because we're seeing so much shakeup with schedules and players and so on. But we're going to talk about that after halftime. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio. And we're back. Halftime. We got our drinks. We got our Gatorade. Now we're back. Take a deep breath and get through the rest of this game. I am Danon Hughes. I have Sean Barber in studio for players only. And Barbershop, there's a few adjustments that's going on in the league as of today. Just mm. recently announced due to the COVID pandemic and affected players, some teams affected more than others. We have a Broncos-Patriots game that has been changed to Monday night. The Titans-Bills game, which is also impacting the Chiefs, and we'll get to that. The Titans-Bills adjusted till Tuesday as of now, as long, and here's the asterisk, as long as the Titans have no more positive tests. They had two positive tests today. As long as they have no more positive tests, they will play the Bills on Tuesday because the Chiefs were scheduled to play Thursday night football next week against the Bills. The Chiefs game is now moved with the Bills till the following Sunday as of now. Now, here is the twist. If the Titans, for some reason, or the, the known reason, if they have more positive tests and that game is totally canceled against the Bills, the Chiefs will still remain to play the Bills on Thursday night. 
Did we get all that? Does everybody get all that? Man, my mind's spinning right now. I, I, I didn't know if you was talking about the plot line of a CSI movie or what was going on. This Law what, and Order, SVU. What could coulda's, whereas, therefore, maybe shoulda, coulda, woulda's. Hey, man. This just, is, just know that the Chiefs are cool to play this Sunday, even though they have had a player test positive, and, and we talked about Stephon Gilmore. At least you've seen that. On TV, Stephon Gilmore has tested positive, and he gave Patrick Mahomes a pound and obviously played against our wide receivers in the game and shook hands with other players in postgame. So there's some concern there. But as of now, as we stand here on Thursday evening, that is the adjustments of the NFL. Yeah, and I, I mean, listen, I'm not one to always come to Patrick's uh, rescue when things social media happen and stuff. But, man, how how – how awesome was it for that young man when social media tries to turn it around on him? Hey, man, what is our quarterback doing? How can you be, you know, pounding it up or doing anything after the game? You're making yourself exposed, this and this. So instead of doing what most people do is 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 try to go back. Uh, and, oh, 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 man, I, I'm all right. This is yeah. this is just habit. Da da da. The first thing he says is, "Man, you're right. I should have yeah. known better. Yeah, I'm gonna correct it. I'm gonna do better." Like, I tried like, to show some sportsmanship, but I should have known better. And for a young man at his age to, to be able to be so accountable and even, humble, even at the littlest things, yeah. that, that has nothing to do with him on the field. But in every aspect, when and somebody tries to put a put a uh, obstacle, some jabs, yep. put a pitfall in front of him, the brother just keeps rising to the next level. And all of our eyes is obviously as Chiefs fans, we we raise him up on a pedestal. But even in the national media, when they're trying to um, say he's being over glamorized, or he's oh he's he's flopping on certain calls or whatever he's he's you know these these uh, roughing the passers. I think he's flopping on them all that kind of stuff. Like honestly, if you're gonna take shots at any quarterback anywhere close to the sideline, we already in a pandemic where quarterbacks can go down because of illness. The last thing you want to do is a quarterback to lose snaps because of injury. And what we see, um, you know, even on this weekend we have. Joe Flacco taking yeah. over for the Jets because of a dislocated shoulder on a, on, on a routine sack. Yep. I think it was Donald. Sam, uh, Donald. Sam Darnold, yeah. Yeah, Sam Darnold for the Jets. It was a routine sack, but he just goes down. That shoulder gets you – Well, know, you look at LeJarrius Sneed. He goes for the interception after the tip. That's yeah. just a basic dive that probably he's done 2,000 times in his life, 10,000 times in his life, and it's just that he landed incorrectly or – just happenstance, and now he's got a broken clavicle. So again, I take my hats off to Pat being a little bit of having some foresight to say, "Hey, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna set the tempo and the environment in the league. If a quarterback is on the sideline about to go out of bounds, defense guys, don't touch him. Don't yeah. don't like you should get a fifth. We don't need any quarterbacks. This is a quarterback driven league. Everybody wants to see the best against the best. Um, so we do not need anybody." taking cheap shots at any other team's quarterback because those are the playmakers. Those are the guys we need uh, running the offense so that we can see two well-run oiled machines go head to head. And so um, we know here in Chiefs Kingdom, we're going to get everybody's best shot. That's a hundred percent sure. We know we getting every team's best shot. They coming out all the trick plays, all the bells and whistles, the playbook is wide open. And what we're going to continue to do, I think here in Chiefs Kingdom is Andy Reid has a progression for this offense we're going to work on certain concepts, certain philosophies each week. Yeah. Each week. And hopefully after the first 12 weeks of football, 
He knows what we do very good and what we need improvement on. And then he has another four or five weeks to improve on those things to get ready for a team that we know is primed and ready to run it back and go back to back. And that is the process being greater than any one week. The process, the way you go about your business, the process of getting ready, prepared to play is greater than any product you see any one week on the field. You're exactly right, Barbershop. And I want to – I've been vocal about my opinion. So the big question out there is the Tennessee Titans. They've been kind of in the middle of this whole COVID craziness with – having to be uh, part of canceling the Steelers matchup. Mm -hmm. Now this matchup this week is in jeopardy of being played. We already talked about the game being moved to Tuesday. That's the best-case scenario. Obviously, if they anybody tests positive, that game is likely to be canceled. So what do you do? I will tell you my opinion. I heard you with CDOT earlier, and this is where we disagree. I believe – Shame on you if you get caught the first time. The second time, you should automatically have a a default and lose the game. And, and, And to me, I don't think it should be up for argument. I think the league should implement it because then it gets real. Now there's still the issue in regards to the bills being paid and when you, if you're not getting paid on weeks you play, that's something that the NFLPA and the players' union should to should negotiate and should get back at the table and talk about because it's not the Bills' fault. It's not the Steelers' fault. The Tennessee Titans are being reckless or something's going on or right in their organization where they'll, keep com- where they'll keep coming up with people that are testing positive. But at this point, when you're now putting yourself in the jeopardy of missing two games and having teams shuffle the rest of the season when everybody else and those opponents that you were supposed to face are doing it right – at that point, you that game should be – if it's canceled, you should automatically get a loss on your schedule. And uh, whether or not the other team gets the win, that's something that can be argued, but you should have a loss. Now, that that's an important part of it is the other team receiving a win. I think players and coaches battle so hard to get wins. And I think that's something Andy Reid says in every game, post game. Like, it's hard to win in the NFL, and we're going to take them how we get them. Each week, we're going to try to put together a great game plan to go play hard. And, and wins in the NFL are hard to come by. But your wins are based on you being disciplined on the field, for the most part. You being disciplined, having the least amount of penalties, throwing the ball away. You look at the Patriots, they had four penalties, same, same amount as ours. But they gave away the ball four times when we gave away the ball once. They had lack of discipline on their offensive side, and that cost them the game. Well, why should that be different if you have a lack of discipline off the field? Again, the loss is not the problem. It's the win. When you forfeit a game and the other team receives a victory for not even playing and gets the luxury of having a bye week, of not having to perform, not having to uh, run the risk of any injuries, and then basically gets a week to sit at home with their feet up, recuperate, and get ready for that next week's team, I, I think that's to me, is the where the unfair advantage comes in. So I don't, I don't believe in the forfeit. I believe that, you know, the players that have been exposed, if you have players exposing other players – uh, through that contact tracing, if you have to bench multiple guys and bring guys from your practice squad up to play, and you don't have but two receivers and one running back and all that kind of stuff, man, you got to play. If you got eleven guys that can go play, you go play. So what do you? I mean, but you put yourself in that position. You're on the other team. You're on the Steelers. You're on the Bills, and you have a team that's undisciplined. They get a bunch of players arrested the night before the game, or 
they come down with COVID. Whatever reason that is put in front of you, why should you, as the player that's prepared and done everything disciplined, has a game plan, ready to go out on the field, you already believe you're going to beat the team anyway. That's just what you believe as a player. And now, you, now you're told an hour, 10 hours before the game that you're not going to play, and you don't get a win. The other team doesn't get a loss. It's just a wash, and you get to go home for two days because you got a, quote, bye. Like, like, is that reality? The Tennessee Titans should definitely get the L. It, to me, I just don't, re- I don't reward a team for not playing. I think you have to go ahead and beat somebody. You have to, you have to win a game to get a, a mark in the, in the, in the win column. To me, wins are so hard to come by in the NFL that I don't believe anybody should be given a, a mark in the win column for not even participating in the game on any week. So that's where I differ from everybody who's I've talked to. And at the end of the day. I mean, it's one of those things, like, I, I always thought, like, in track, right? It's, I thought one of the, the most unfair rules was when somebody false starts, the entire field gets a false start, and then the next false start, you get disqualified. Yeah, that's not fair. Well, guess what? This ain't, this ain't the, you know, this ain't the uh, fairgrounds, you know? You don't get ribbons. This ain't about being fair. This is about just taking the responsibility. And now that everybody knows, beyond just the Tennessee Titans, everybody knows the severity and in, 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 in the amount of, of effort every team is doing just to play football. For one team to be reckless and um, show, you know, no regard for the rest of the organization and rest of the league as disrespect, a whole yep. is disrespectful. And now possibly affecting other guys' payroll and, and rather their, their paychecks, man, that's a big deal. Yeah. But I, I'm just, to me, I don't think the guys that were out there on the Tennessee Titans – foresee all of that. I don't yeah. think I don't think any of that was on their mind. They were just thinking, I can't go back into the building. So hey, if fifteen of us want to meet up at the high school and go through some seven oh seven, let's do it. None of us tested positive. We're all clear. We just can't get back in the building. But just like in the off season when you want to do it, get guys together and throw the passes. I don't think they thought they were breaking any significant rules beyond just trying to find a way to get better. And so yeah, yeah, we can tag them with an L, we can make them lose a game. I just don't think the, um, the you know, anything beyond that might be a little bit um, putting the, the heart, the cart before the horse. Yeah, I think, we're, well, definitely we're going to have this conversation in several weeks ahead of time. It's going to come up throughout the season. Hopefully it doesn't hit us in Chiefs Kingdom. But we are done with the third quarter. We got the fourth quarter, and we got to talk about the Raiders. This matchup coming up, the hated Raiders. Both of us have had many experiences against the Raiders. I personally am 9-1 and one against the Raiders throughout my career. I don't know about you, Barbershop, but we're going to talk about that next. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio. All right, we're back. Players Only, the fourth quarter, last segment of the show. And it is brought to you by our friends at U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. Well, before we get into the Chiefs Raiders matchup, I got an announcement. I am excited to be named. A 2020 barbershop, I know you know this, 2020 Most Wanted Honoree with Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Great organization. Over the next few months, I'll be raising as much money as I can for Big Brothers, Big Sisters. And if you'd like to support my campaign, text Hughes, H-U-G-H-E-S, to 44. Three, two, one. That's four, four, three, two, one. For a great cause, big brothers, big sisters, the Chiefs, Chiefs organization, Chiefs ambassadors have been great partners, and we're just trying to raise a lot of money for a great 
great uh, situation, great organization. So with that being said, I want to get that out there. We got to talk about the Raiders. Uh, I don't have a smile on my face. I got a scowl. It may sound like my voice is upbeat. It's not. I hate the Raiders. I know a lot of people in the Chiefs kingdom hate the Raiders, but this matchup is a little unique. Raiders come in with a very solid run game, and they're playing, in most respects, pretty solid football. I don't think it's going to be a, a a pushover like maybe some of the previous Raider matchups have been. Man, Raider Week it brings up very vivid. Um, what's the What's your most special? Well, uh, so I got two. The the, the one thing is going to um, going out to Oakland and having a five-year-old kid shoot me the bird call my mama <laughs> all these kind of names tell me i'm you know all, all these explicit names and i'm looking at this joker and i'm like yo he can't be more than five or six years old and i'm like look look little homie hey man where is your mom and before i know it somebody's flipping me the bird it's like i'm right here and i'm like oh <laughs> lord no wonder like, like, mama like, like you son. came out the you came out the womb with your middle <laughs> finger in the air. Like you are born to hate it. And I say this is real, man. This is hey. real in the field. And then the second one, obviously, is um, I had a chance in 03 to uh, have a two sack game. Um, that's when uh, Rich Gannon was the was the quarterback for the Raiders uh, late in the game. Uh, we called a saw blitz. So that's Sam and Will coming off the edge. Me and Scott Vegeta move up to the edge. I see Gannon. He see it coming. He tries to check Max Max blitz. Um, but the tight end didn't hear the call. The tight end releases. I come clean off the edge. And lifted him. Lifted him, dog. <laughs> got up. I That's got, my man, Rich. He was hey, my teammate, man. man. Got up, all up right. in his all up in his business. I knew <laughs> I, I knew the color of his underwear after I got, <laughs> laid him out on the ground. And that, naturally, that was um, it, it kind of injured his shoulder. And that was the last complete, the last oh, wow. game. Uh, he tried to come back the next He's year. Dead but wrong. His, something was wrong with his shoulder. He was wrong for that. I mean. I wonder why I ain't like you. He was wrong for to that. To this day, when I see him sometimes in the studio, you know, he's in broadcast, yeah. and he comes to the, he does those pregame meetings and stuff. And I see him at Arrowhead. He'll he'll give me that glimpse, like that was you, something like some something, something different about you, yeah, like, yeah. like 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 I know you from somewhere. He and remembers. I'm like, yeah, I'm that dude. Yeah, that's you me. got him. You ain't right. That's right. All right, but hey, Raiders, Chiefs. Uh, I have some great experience against them. Like I said earlier, I'm nine and one, only loss, and it was actually my last ever game in the NFL was against the Raiders. That was the one loss I had against them. But uh, that, I'm 9-1, and one, and guess what? The Chiefs in their last 10 games are 9-1 and one against this Raiders team. This Raiders team is going to be amped up. They feel like they are the little stepbrothers to our Chiefs team, and they're going to come in with a little bit fire. They're now the Las Vegas Raiders, and they got a little swag to them. Uh, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, some playmakers. Defense really hasn't been playing well. Crosby coming in off the edge has three sacks on the season. But other than that, they really have not had a steady pressure on quarterbacks. Now, I will say that may play into their favor because they may just throw up their hands in trying to pressure Patrick Mahomes, come with three-man, four-man rush, drop seven, just like we saw the Patriots do as well as the Chargers. So this is this is going to be a game where we're going to see the coachability or at least the extended coachability of Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy on the offensive side to how they can create things to to conquer defenses that are now being popular against this offense. But I think it's a Chiefs win, absolutely. And after this Chiefs win, we will be back next week with players only. Hopefully Joe Mays will be back in the studio. He'll put aside the margarita <laughs> and get back to work here. Uh, he does some great work down at the Leia Center downtown. 
and he, he deserves a break. But I appreciate Barbershop coming in for consecutive weeks. And we will be back next week for players only after another Chiefs win against the hated Raiders. Thanks for tuning in. Go Chiefs. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.